From the woods to the water, from the bucks to the ducks, your weekday foray out of the office begins now on WNSP Outdoors, live on 105.5 FM and WNSP.com. Stay tuned as Alan White and Doug Max talk with fishing and hunting pros, share tips and tricks, and discuss Alabama's greatest natural resource, the great outdoors. WNSP Outdoors is brought to you by Eastern Shore Ace Hardware, Streets Seafood and Meat Market, Hall Sausage and Wholesale Meats, and Blue Water Yacht Sales. Now, let's head outdoors with Alan White. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. I'm Alan White along with Doug Max. We've got a great show lined up as usual. All of our fishing forecasts for you from different regions of our area. And also we've got a special guest, Mr. Kendall Bush. He's also known as the Soil Ninja. <laughs> you'll, you'll be wanting to hear this because we're going to learn a lot about soil as well as food plots and seeds and how to how to grow them better, how to take care of the animals better and uh, enhance our wildlife habitat. So stick around for that. Uh, Doug, uh, you've been uh, fishing up in Mississippi this week, I hear. I have. Uh, you know, it's pretty challenging conditions. The, yeah. This this is good weather to fly a kite in. <laughs> it's beautiful outside. It's, it's good, strong wind, yeah. you know, but bluebird skies, you know, but that's not the best for fishing. Especially and the water was just crystal clear. Clear, yeah. And it's all that's pretty challenging, you know, and a new, new lake that I never had fished on. I had just a little bit of luck, but not. Anything like I was hoping for. Well, that's, you know what they say, it's called fishing and not catching. That's right. I'll, I'll get it figured out some. It may take a bad a day while, of fishing is better than a good day at work. That's right. I was telling you, the, <laughs> the crappie, though, they were saying were very deep. They were catching them in real deep water. Really? And so, you know, that, that may have had something to do with all this bright sun. Some and, of these clear water lakes, the, this time of year, the cropper just go, I mean, really deep, 20 foot. Or yeah, that's about mm -hmm. how deep they were fishing. So. Well, let's give away some food. I like giving away food. We've got a Boston butt to give away from Street Seafood and Meat Market located in Baymanette, Alabama. We'll take the third caller at 694-1055 for a Boston butt. You can take that home and smoke it and uh, have some good food for this weekend's uh, ball game. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Captain Wayne Miller's with us with our Mobile Tensaw Delta report. How you doing, Captain? Man, doing great. Uh, Alan, good to talk to you and Doug today. Uh, today, uh, you know, this weather just uh, continues to be really nice, you know, even though we do need some rain, no doubt about that. Yes, uh, mm -hmm. You know, from the standpoint of the Delta, though, the conditions are just, uh, you know, for the middle and the lower Delta, which is where most of the fishermen this time of year in this area, that's where they focus their energy. Mm -hmm. um, man, it's it's been really good. Uh, the earlier in the week, we still had really good tide movement. Uh, we were on a good tide cycle, but uh, we've actually moved into, we're on a nip today and tomorrow. Uh, but moving into the weekend now, uh, we start picking that tide back up, and next week is just going to be a phenomenal uh, tide cycle, and looks like that's going to coincide with it cooling off a little bit more. So I think what you're going to see for, the, like I say, the middle and the lower delta uh, is these fish are really going to crank up. Uh, you know, I'm seeing tons of people out fishing right now. There's, you know, of course, a lot of people, especially down along the causeway, are out, are you know, taking advantage of the shrimp bite, 
uh, utilizing live shrimp and DOA and voodoo shrimp. And, um, you know, you're just really going out and, and uh, you know, you're catching a, a, a real big mixed bag. But, man, it's just it's that time of year. It's a great time to get out and catch fish. You know, you talked about the lack of rain just a minute. I was looking at my weather app, and according to it, on Monday, oh, no, on Sunday, the 5th of November is the best chance of rain, and it's only 32%. That's pitiful. Man, that is something. In the next two yeah. weeks, that's the best chance of rain, one night at 32%. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, no wonder our water's low, huh? Yeah, it's, you know, it's really low. Now, you know, the the good thing is, you know, we've got we've got real good water clarity. And it's probably not as clear as what Doug was trying to uh, trying to fight when he was up there fishing, <laughs> you know, a, a reservoir or lake. But uh, but our water for us is relatively clear right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was fishing water. It looked like tap water. <laughs> and, it, yeah, it was real difficult. But, uh <clears throat> Well, well, let me ask you this, because, you know, we talk about water levels, and you mentioned not, you know, the people focusing on the middle and lower delta. The the places up in the upper delta, which, you know, you got lakes and whether you, you know, basically we call that the Tom Bigby River and and the Alabama River, and those rivers are extremely low. But, you know, the levels don't, that doesn't coincide with low levels down on the causeway. You know, that's more determined by wind and tide, so. Yeah, yeah, it really is, and uh, you know, and but like I say, most of most of the guys that you know are, especially the bass fishermen, um, you know, this time of year, they're, uh, you know, they they're coming down here because they know what's what's happening right now and what's going to happen as we transition into some cooler weather. Man, these fish just really get cranked, and they, um, you know, uh, with the with the uh, the numbers of shrimp that we have in the delta right now, uh, you know, those fish just really start feeding heavily. Hmm. Yeah. You, is there a lot of bycatch down in the south end of the delta this time of year? All kinds of uh, inshore species can be caught as well as bass, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're still, you know, uh, I'm going out, you know, on trips right now. We're seeing, you know, quite a few redfish. I mean, a lot of redfish. Uh, and, uh, you know, still catching flounder, quite a few flounder. Uh, the only thing that I haven't seen a lot of is the specs, um, you know, and I don't know. I, I don't know enough about the specs to even, to even make a comment about why you're not seeing them up in the Delta right now. But, but I know the redfish are here. They are in numbers. Huh. They're probably just not hitting your bait. You know, the specs, they're probably not, I don't know, uh, do, are you fishing with artificial shrimp at all? Oh yeah, I mean doing a lot of fishing with DOAs and also okay. with live shrimp too. Well, so I don't know. Uh, just not in the know, right spot. Uh, yeah, I'm just not 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 seeing the the specs. But man, everywhere you go right now, you're catching. I mean, and, and I when I make a statement like that, uh, you know, really uh, what I've seen over the last couple of weeks. If you're anywhere from say Gravine Island. Uh, south, uh, you're going to be catching redfish. Uh, man, I mean, they just seem to be really prolific right now, uh, you know, in the middle and the lower delta. 
And those big black drum will give you a fight, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, those redfish, that, that, something like a, a sally or a spinnerbait or something, they'll hammer a lure like that, won't they? Oh, yeah, they will, and they'll actually, uh, they're kind of like the old grinnel, you know, when they give it back to you, it may look a lot different than it did when you threw it. Though. Yeah, and it may run a little different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In fact, it may run so different that you got to throw it away. <laughs> I've had that <laughs> Have you heard anybody uh, brim fishing with any success? Uh, I've seen a few people, and, you know, uh, what I've heard talking to them, you know, they're catching them. Okay. Uh, now, the, the white perch guys that I've I've talked to, a few of them, and, uh, you know, they're having a little bit of success. But, um, you know, they're, uh, one guy I talked to, I know he goes quite a bit, and he told me that everything he's catching is really deep. Mm-hmm. Well, shell cracker time is here. I guess a, a a worm on the bottom, a wiggler on the bottom yeah. is, is how to catch them shell crackers. And those things, they can get a lot bigger, you know, than a bluegill. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Wayne, I was going to yeah. ask you, you're talking about so much shrimp up there. Uh, is there a certain water temperature that, that they begin to really thin out, you know, as we get into the winter? Because, I mean, in December and January, they're not there. So about somewhere between yeah. now and then, they're going to fade out so you know it, it seemed like you know when when you get down into the the low 60s uh is when you'll see you know the shrimp really start falling out but a lot of times that can be initiated by a couple of really hard cold fronts and uh you know it may not drop the water temperature significantly over like a week period but just those fronts i think really get that migration and get those shrimp falling back out of the delta back toward the bay yeah mm -hmm. i guess they migrate eventually offshore don't they? yeah yeah well wayne i hope so, you have a have a great weekend give us your phone number in case somebody wants to book a trip with you you know the the colors are wonderful right now in the Delta. It's a great time to go oh, fish. Oh, yeah, it really is. Uh, they can, uh, I can be reached at 251-455-7404. All right, good deal. Thank you, Wayne. Y'all book a trip with Wayne. It's a, it'd be a great day out there with him. He really knows how to catch them. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason we talk to him every week or That's every right. other week. But That's right. Yeah, he definitely knows his business. You know, a lot of people are asking me, hey, what what's this liquid fertilizer you keep talking about, uh, and uh, where do I get it? So let me give that out again, plantagraproducts.com. That's where I get my liquid fertilizer and liquid lime, and I've been using it for about a year now, and I can't say anything but good things about it. It's less cost, less waste, less wear on your equipment, and a whole lot less work. Yeah. And I like that part. Well, you know, I, I thought about you this morning. I'm, I'm listening to some hunters this morning at the little cafe complaining yeah. about their food plots are uh -huh. like dust. Uh -huh. And then I thought about yours. Uh -huh. yeah, I saw a picture Mine you had. Good. It did look good. So <laughs> something's going on there. Yeah. So. We'll talk about that some more. All right. Y'all stick around for Bobby Abrascado right after this.
So what's bugging you? If it's the creepy crawly things, call Red Pest Solutions today. They've been serving Alabama and Mississippi for over 70 years. Whether you have an existing problem or are looking for preventative protection, call for a free inspection. Red Pest Solutions can control all pest, termite, and mosquito problems in residential, commercial, or industrial locations. Red Pest Solutions, the name you know, the people you trust. Call 660-1550. Mention WNSP to receive half off your initial pest control agreement or get your first mosquito service free. Street Seafood and Meat Market on Highway 31 in Baymanette has a great selection of fresh seafood and meats. Choose from their top cuts of meats or get yours custom cut. Find Street Seafood Restaurant on Facebook for order ahead to go daily buffet specials. A full meal served at the drive up from 10.30 till 3.30. Call 937-4096 and they'll put it together for you. Street's Dining Room is now open and the Banquet Room is open for private parties. Street Seafood Restaurant and Meat Market on Highway 31 in Baymanette. Find them on Facebook. I'm Danielle at Wade Distributors, and flooring is what we do. Mobile or Baldwin County. For 40 years, we've helped people get the right flooring at the right price. Designed to installation, we make it easy. Danielle's right. I got the perfect tile and color with quality installation. It was so easy with free design service and the largest selection in town. I wouldn't go anywhere else but Wade Distributors for any flooring. So if you want flooring done right with free design, then come see us today at Wade Distributors online at wadedistributorsinc.com. It doesn't take a uniform to have a sports injury. A golf game or a fun run can still lead to serious aches and pains. Gulf Orthopedics is your go-to for sports medicine with 16 specialists at nine convenient locations on both sides of the bay, along with Bruton and Jackson, Alabama. From head to toe and everything in between, Gulf Ortho gets you back on the go. Find out more and make an appointment at gulfortho.com or call 435-BONE. That's 435-2663. Have you Googled yourself lately? Are there negative posts from an ex-employee or from a former client? Maybe an outdated news article or sensitive personal information about your family? Search engines don't always get it right. For right or wrong, it's your reputation on the line. That's where Reputation Defender by Norton comes in. One of the most trusted names in online reputation repair. Reputation Defender has been fixing people's search results for over 15 years. Their cutting-edge approaches help you to wipe away unwanted information in your search results. They also promote the good stuff so that it rises to the top, helping you put your best foot forward. Your good name is too valuable to leave to the whims of a Google algorithm. Take control with Reputation Defender. You can start by getting your free Reputation Report Card at reputationdefender.com or call 800-401-6681 to speak to an expert. That's 800-401-6681. This is WNSP Outdoors, live on 105.5 FM and on the sound of Mobile App. Now, let's head back outdoors with Alan White. Welcome back to the show. I'm Alan White along with Doug Max. We're going to give away a $20 gift certificate right now to Eastern Shore Ace Hardware. We'll take the third caller at 694-1055, Eastern Shore Ace Hardware, located on top of Spanish Fort Hill, Highway 31, and also on Highway 181 with a new location there. Friendliest stores on the Eastern Shores. There you go. <laughs> All right. Captain Bobby Abascato is with us with our inshore report for the week. How are you, Bobby? I'm good. I got a good report for you, dude. It's been really good for the last week or so. Uh since we talked last, man, I've been uh, kind of getting up in these rivers and um, 
uh, had some just incredible top water day mornings, uh, beautiful size fish, and um, uh, then catching them after that on some su- you know subsurface lures like slick lures and a couple of the new Berkeley soft baits that just came out. But um, one of the things I was just thinking about, it just happened about probably an hour before we went on the air, before I came on the air anyway, uh, is um, just about ready to kind of knock off for the day. And uh, I've been noticing some birds hovering over some of these areas and thinking for sure because of the way these fish have been on these finfish baits that there wasn't a lot of shrimp left in here. And dang, if we didn't get on just a hammer bite of some fish that were running some shrimp to the surface <laughs> way up in one of the rivers. So don't, don't ever give up on them. And the other thing is, you know, even if there were no birds on these fish, these were just some shrimp that were being run to the surface by some fish. And uh, one of the things that happened, it happened two times in the last few days, and I was thinking about our conversation, Doug, from last week we were talking about fishing bird schools, you know, and with smaller fish, and then if there were bigger fish mixed in with them. And, man, I'm telling you, I wish you could have seen what happened a couple days ago. We had some, uh, we were catching some nice-sized trout mixed in with some small trout. They were both hitting the topwater lures, and uh, the, the smaller fish were knocking the topwater lures out of the water and just weren't getting hooked. And on three different occasions, right when they were doing that, all of a sudden this big trout would come up and, and hit the lure and, and, and get, we'd catch it. You know, and, and then just a little while ago on that school we were on, this was more like 12 to 14 feet of water. We were fishing a new, one of the new Berkeley grubs. And, uh, you know, and we get, you get bit. As soon as you throw it out there, you're starting immediately starting to get bit. And it was small trout and white trout mixed in. But if you miss those and it got below them, it was really nice size trout. So our conversation was, do you, you know, we wondered, is there bigger fish mixed in with some of these schools? And that, that was a perfect, uh, you know, that was a perfect example to answer. Yes, there is. So, you know, now sometimes it's hard to get through the small fish to get to the bigger ones, but the point is they're there. So just because you're catching, you know, smaller ones, a lot of times, sometimes you just have to put up with the smaller ones to get through to a bigger one. But as long as they're not, as long as I don't have to feed them 50 cent live shrimp, I'm happy. You there know? you go. I am going to ask you a question because of something that happened to me once before, like in a kind of a situation like you're talking about. And those smaller ones were jumping on those topwater lures. And, and my buddy, it wasn't, wasn't my idea. It was his. He said he wanted to go to like some slow sink mirror lures and get down below them. And, we immediately caught some three and four pound trout. That's to my point exactly what we were talking about. So you know, and it's not as you guys know. I don't care what kind of fishing it is. Nothing is an exact science when it comes to fishing. There's never a hard and fast rule. But very generally speaking, more often than not, I found that the bigger fish are under the smaller fish when you're fishing schools like that. And that's what you ran into, and that's exactly what we ran into the other day. So, uh, you know, if you can figure out, you know, I was throwing a heavier jig head when we get that we were on the shrimp. Uh, fish a while ago and uh and i got through them you know and i was getting through them a little bit better than the other guys so i just gave them my rod and uh because that's the kind of guy i am and uh i I, uh they started catching the bigger ones and i was on the peanuts you know but again i'm just that kind of guy so anyway uh so it looks like we got some cold weather coming up next week and i don't see how that's going to do anything but improve there doesn't look Mm -hmm. like there's any rain in the forecast and i know that's probably bad news for a lot of people, but, you know, for us inshore guys, that's kind of what we like this time of year because these fish can, you know, stay in these rivers where mm-hmm. we can get to them. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, with that colder weather, I saw temperatures in the low 40s. Hopefully that's going to be cold enough to get some fish pushing up north of the interstate. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, the tidal rivers have been good. There's still some fish out in the flats at the mouth of the rivers, depending on what area you're in. 
you know, so that's going to be the target. Um, you know, if you get around shrimp activity, you're going to want to throw like a grub or even a shrimp imitation like a voodoo or a gulp, gulp shrimp under a popping cork. And, man, you know, this time of year, and as we get, you know, cooler, you know, it gets a little bit cooler and we get more into the fall, you got to have at least a top water too tied on to start out with right there at daybreak, you know. So, uh, and that's going to be the pattern until it sure enough gets really sure enough cold, or we'll be pretty much all just jigging in the main river channels. Yeah. But I think that's going to be the deal. I'm. I hope I sound excited because I sure am right now, man. <laughs> you sound excited. <laughs> yes, you do. Trip. Hey, uh, Bobby. One more thing before you go about the big fish on the bottom and the little fish on the top. That's exactly the way it is when you're snapper fishing. Yep. There you go. Yep. Like I said, it's not just trout fishing. It's a lot of species of fishing that are, that are like that. It sure is. All right, man. Have a great weekend. All right, guys. Y'all have a good one. Thanks for having me on. All right. I think we have Joe Dunn on the phone. No? We'll get him on the phone in just a minute. Okay. You know, we didn't ask him about flounder and triple tail. We usually do. Yeah, we need to mention on the flounder, you got about a week left. November the 1st starts the closure for the whole month of of November, that flounder is closed. You cannot keep any that That's you catch right. then. That's right. Good, uh, good. And good there's probably going to be plenty caught, and people need to know they got to release them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, you got to got to put them back. And uh, one other thing, I want to mention the Pine City Classic Turkey Calling Contest is coming up November the fourth at the Jackson City uh, Town Hall. And there's even a women's division this year. Yeah, I got a call from Kenny Weiss about that, and uh, but he wanted us to talk about the contest, and we had, had intended to anyway. But and maybe next week we can talk to him about it and uh, get a whole lot more information about it. You know, just a few days before the, the actual contest. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he did say that that they're going to have a women's division. So, hey, any lady turkey hunters around this area that that listen or you know some, hey, yeah. if you want to go. You know, there, there's a there's challenge a, the other women. That that's not too far a drive up to Jackson. There's so. a youth division, so you guys from Mobile, Bowen County, this is a great place to start if you've never competed before. Go up to Jackson. It is, you know, and, and there's some top notch callers there mm-hmm. too. Yeah. You've been to this contest, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Go it, up there man. with this in mind. If you're a beginner, I want to learn as much as that's I can. That's right, because so. there's some really good ones you can learn mm-hmm. from. That's you know. Right. All right, Joe Dunn is with us. He's from Miller's Ferry. He gives us a report every week. How you doing, Joe? Doing great, Alan. Hey, man. Uh, how's the crappie fishing? It's still kind of tough right now with that clear water. Still no rain and no rain in sight. Uh-uh. They ain't hardly pulling no water. and uh, The water's done got uh, as clear as I've ever seen it. So... Uh, the, the, the main river, too, you know, everything's better bites been on minutes. But I had uh, one guy tell me that said he was doing better in some of the big creeks and big sloughs with deep water. And the reason he was doing better, because, like, some of the day we're getting a little bit of wind. And in those sloughs, you know, that wind runs across those flats, and it chops that water up and stains it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, actually, some of the sloughs, they got a little stain to it where the river's still real, real clear. That that stain has allowed him to do a little bit better in those places like that. But still, that just live minutes has, has been the key to go, or you had to go uh, real light, light line and, a, you know, a small, small G. So that's, that's kind of the situation we're in right now. You know, uh, you mentioned that clear water. <clears throat> 
That's just about uh, no matter what you're fishing for. Light line, downsize your lure size, all that. That that's the ways you deal with clear water, isn't it? It is, and it, I mean you got to get uh, uh, down to like you know four and six pound test now, really to be better, and uh, a small jig, and you know they got these new that's new pole carbon stuff that is super super clear, and they can't hardly see it. And that's kind of what what you're gonna have to do. Got to get away from some of that bigger line or maybe some of that big old braid that's that's too big but uh that's with everything that your bass and your crappie yeah i know a lot of the the bass fishermen when it weather gets like that and the water gets super clear they in bluebird days and all they'll downsize their lure size or they'll use a you know a a six inch plastic worm instead of an eight one or something like that speaking of bass usually when the crappie report is kind of sad like it is today from Miller Ferry, the bass and the catfish is what to go for. So <laughs> uh, how are that? how is that going? It's pretty much uh, the catfish are probably doing good still in the river, but you got to uh, look for a false current because they're not hardly pulling water. Ah. I mean, wind blowing down a straight north or south way uh, like the river. And get that to move your jugs, or either you're going to have to... Uh, do some uh, dragging like those pros do with a catfish broad dragging the bait. Good tips from Joe Dunn and Miller's Ferry. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate you, man. All right. Appreciate it, And we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with Kendall Bush, our special guest, right after this. The largest midway on the Gulf Coast is back October 27th through November 5th. Enjoy bull riding at the rodeo, on-grounds attractions featuring pig races and more. Discounted tickets are on sale now at greatergulfstatefair.com. The largest midway on the Gulf Coast is back October 27th through November 5th. Enjoy bull riding at the rodeo, on-grounds attractions featuring pig races and more. Beat the lines and get your tickets at greatergulfstatefair.com. Wouldn't you rather buy your appliances from a locally owned store that has been part of our community since 1952? You know, you just won't be one client out of millions, so you'll get the extra time and attention that you'll need. So if you're building, remodeling, or just want to update your home or business, go see Chavis and Chickasaw. They have a great selection of appliances, chests, and upright freezers, washers with agitators, and even generators to get you through the storm season. Visit ChavisFurniture.com or stop by in Chickasaw and Loosedale, where you'll be pleasantly surprised. Future Ones is an Alabama-based athletic apparel and accessories company dedicated to serving and investing in our local schools and athletes, treating every school and team with top priority. No matter what size your program is, wear the future with Future Ones and support Alabama high school athletics. Located off Schillinger Road in Sims, visit future1s.com and find them on Facebook. Future Ones, the official cloth sponsor of the AHSAA. Don't miss the first ever block party at the St. Pius X Parish this Saturday, October 28th from 6 until 9 p.m. 
costume contest with three different age categories. Food trucks, trunk or trading at 6 p.m., carnival games, live music, and more. Bring the family and enjoy the fun at the back parking lot of the St. Pius Parish, 217 Sage Avenue in Mobile. Adult beverages will be available also. Spooky fun, this Saturday from 6 until 9 at St. Pius X Catholic Parish. Get the home field advantage every time with Fairfield by Marriott, official hotel partner of the NCAA. Whether you're a student athlete working toward your championship dreams or your team's biggest fan, Fairfield by Marriott has everything you need to get ready for game day. From comfortable guest rooms to complimentary hot breakfast, Fairfield is part of the Marriott Bonvoy portfolio of hotels and official hotel partner of the NCAA. Visit fairfield.marriott.com to book your next game day stay. Clones, listen up. Not all beef jerky is the same. In fact, there are major differences in quality from one brand to the next. Old Trapper is a better way to snack. Chock full of good protein to satisfy your manliest hunger cravings. Every bite is better for you and higher in essential protein than chips, sugar-filled energy bars, and candy. Old Trapper, in the Clearview bag, is the world's finest jerky, made with only the best ingredients. So ask for Old Trapper by name, because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? This is WNSP Outdoors, live on 105.5 FM and on the Sound of Mobile app. Now, let's head back outdoors with Alan White. Well, welcome back to the show. I'm Alan White along with Doug Max, and our special guest today is Mr. Kendall Bush, and he's also known as the Soil Ninja, and uh, we're going to find out why that is in just a moment, but uh, I've been following Kendall for a while on Facebook and some, you know, social media pages, and I heard him uh, do an interview with old Cuz Strickland, and uh, got really interested uh, in what he's, his knowledge is about food plots and uh, wildlife management, so Kendall, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, thank you. Yes, sir. So tell us, let's start off with uh, what little bit about your background. Tell us about uh, how you got interested in soil science. Well, I, I went to school at Auburn. I had a degree in environmental science, had um, some undergraduate soil courses there, just part of my, you know, the curriculum and everything. But when I graduated, I didn't have a job in my field um, that I was interested in. And I started out in a master's program up there. I was actually working uh, once semester there. I was in uh, soil microbiology um, for a master's program. But then I had a job with public health in my home county uh, come available and all. And I decided yeah, I wanted to move back home to Clark County. That was my intentions. And uh, so I took that job and um, I've been there for 28 years now. And all. But then with being a public health environmentalist, um, a lot of soils training, a lot, a lot of work with soils over yeah. over the years. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd, one of these days, I'm going to get you to, to come down here to my place and take a look at my soil. But in the meantime, how do you do a soil sample, man? How's, a, how's the correct way to do that? And, and tell us a little bit about how to read that test result when you get it back. Okay. All right. And, and I do my soil sampling a little bit different than most people. Most people, whether it's a, a one-acre field or an eight-acre field, they pull a composite, which is they may go out there and pull soil from 10 different spots in the field, throw it in the bucket, mix it up, mm-hmm. uh, send it off to the lab. Well, each field is different. Uh, you, you know, if, if you plow a field, 
and you look out there, you'll have some areas that are darker than others and all, uh, or you may have uh, some slope to it. You may have, um, you know, you may have a flat area up here, and then it may drop off into a bottom. I would soil sample those differently and all. Mm-hmm. Um, so in some of my fields, I'll pull two or three different samples, and I personally try to always go back to the same spot. Uh, I'll actually mark it in Onyx with a pull a GPS point, mm-hmm. and then I'll pull my, you know, seven, eight cores uh, with a soil probe right there in that spot and all. And um, so then I'll have a couple of different samples for each point in the field. Now, if a field is flat, level, and the soils are consistent from one end to the other, then I'll just sample one spot at about the middle of the field mm-hmm. and all. Um, if you don't have a uh, soil probe, which they're pretty inexpensive, um, a lot of you can get them on Amazon, um, forestry suppliers, you know, just the regular one inch or three quarter inch diameter, you know, soil probes. You push them in the ground, it pulls out a little plug of soil and all. Yeah. In the absence of that, uh, you could use a, a tile spade or as well, a lot of people call them a sharpshooter. Yeah. But they're they're tapered and all. So what you want to do is you want to take a knife, a trowel, or something, and you want to knock those sides of that sample off so your sample is the same uh, width at the top and bottom so you're consistent. Yep. Because if you just pull it straight off a sample, you're getting more surface than you are subsoil. It's going to throw your results off. That's right. You'll, um, have, you'll have more top one inch than the yeah. bottom, you know. Right, Exactly. Um, a lot of people overlook that, but consistency is the key. You want to pull to the same depth. Um, if you plow, you want to pull to about a six-inch depth on your on your cores. If uh, if you're doing no-till, whether it's no-till with a, a drill, or if you're doing a no-till broadcast um, or a throw and mow, as some people call it, then you may want to pull a four-inch sample on that um, because obviously. Phosphorus doesn't move in the soil very readily and everything. So if your surface applying that fertilizer and not working it in, you know, it's, it's going to take several years for it to move down even to four inches mm-hmm. and all. But, um, but, but once you get your sample and you send it to the lab, I prefer uh, one of the ACK labs uh, over the university labs, even though I went to Auburn and I love Auburn. I don't like the format they report their soil samples in and all. Um, I prefer Waters Ag out of Camilla, Georgia. Uh, there's also Ward and Waypoint. Um, there's several others and all. Um, some of the seed companies do soil tests. I'm not a fan of how they present their results. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, And I've made this on, on my KB64 Outdoors uh, Facebook page. I showed a sample the other day, and I talked about what I look for when I get my soil report back. Everybody normally goes immediately to pH. Right. I prefer to look at the CEC first, which is your cation exchange capacity. And that basically tells you, do you have a sandy soil or do you have a heavy clay soil? Um, a sandy soil is only going to be from, you know, 0 to 10 and all, or 2 to 10. Um and then um, heavy clays, maybe 20 to 30. Um, I don't think anybody around here, maybe in the black belt, you may see uh, CEC greater than 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, 40 is about the upper limit, and I would think that would be some of the Midwest soils. But most of these South Alabama soils, 
a lot of these sandy, really sandy soils and everything mm-hmm. um, are going to be less than 10, Let's, which means – yeah, okay, go ahead, Alan. Let's, I was going <laughs> to ask you uh, some – <laughs> uh, let's talk about sandy soils for just a second here. You said that it may take years for that fertilizer and that treatment to come down through the soil. Would sandy soil be quicker than, you know, accepting that fertilizer surf, surface fertilizer? Right. Yeah, some things are more leachable than others. Um, nitrogen, uh, sulfur, uh, boron, all those readily move in the soil. Okay. And all, uh, in, a, in, a, in a low CEC soil, less than 10. Um, you're better off to give it a little fertilizer more frequently, especially with like nitrogen, than putting all your nitrogen out there at one time. And okay. All. Okay. Um, there's a limit how much it can hold. Now, one of the other things I was going to mention is on that that soil report, like what Waters does, they give you a percentage of base saturations, right. which that's going to be your calcium, your magnesium. Your potash, uh, it's going to be sodium, and then the hydrogen um, is the, or the numbers in your base saturation. You want to have, always you want to have calcium at 60 or better on the percentage. And um, calcium is larger. It actually helps with drainage and all. But you want to have 60, 65 at least on calcium, on base saturation. But then in these really sandy soils, you want to get your magnesium up to uh, around 15, uh, maybe as high as 20. Okay. Uh, that that'll slow your infiltration down through the soil, but um, you know it's, it's you're not going to hold it and all. Right. But uh, and I'll tell you, if you get um, you know calcium uh, plus magnesium to um, 75, 80 range uh, combined on the base saturation percentage, your pH is going to be really good for a food plot. You know, you're going to be probably, uh, you know, in the mid-sixes and all. Well, Kendall, for a simple-minded fellow like me, you were talking about things like the calcium and all that. How do you actually achieve that? All right, well, uh, lime, and there's several, you know, lime sources around here and all. Um a lot of people like um, the co-op at Frisco City. Uh, they get a dolomitic limestone. I think that comes out of Mariana, Florida. Uh, it's a tan-looking lime and all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it would be really good on our sandy soils and all. Um, but then, like you know, some of the other co-ops, they're using a waste byproduct from uh, I think one of the paper mills and all, which is more of a, a calcitic lime. It doesn't have much of any uh, magnesium in it. It's all calcium and all. Um, but there's other things you can do. Um, there's a product called KMAG, which is uh, it's potassium, magnesium, and sulfur. Um, and it's like uh, the analysis on it is like 0022211, with the second 22 being sulfur and then the 11% uh, magnesium. Well, so, uh... I want you to hold on through the break, Kendall. This is all very interesting, and I need to keep you on to the end of the show just to cover some other stuff. So if you'll hold on through the break, we'll get into why it's important not to till deeply in this sandy soil down here and some other ideas that you and I have talked about, okay? All right, great. Thank you, sir. And uh, y'all stick around. We'll be right back after this.
It's time to prep your boat and motor for the colder weather, and Blue Water Yacht Sales can help with a free 12-point inspection of your boat, motor, and trailer. Blue Water is now a full-line Yamaha outboard dealer and a five-star gold service facility with a Yamaha Master Tech on hand. And now is the time to start looking for that new boat you've been dreaming about. Blue Water carries a full assortment of inshore and offshore models from Pioneer, Bulls Bay, Avenger, Jupiter Marine, and Regulator. Inshore for the Reds or offshore for the Blues, Blue Water has you covered. Visit BlueWaterYachtSales.net. Winning isn't everything. Uh, wait, excuse me, read that wrong. Winning is everything. Hancock Whitney Bank is supporting today's action because we love to see people win. And we're supporting you with knowledge and support because we want to see you win too. Your business, your goals, your hopes, and your dreams. The right bank makes all the difference. How can we help you win? Visit HancockWhitney.com to find out. Hancock Whitney Bank, member FDIC. Interest rates got you spooked? At Jason Pilger Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Jackson, Alabama, qualifying Ram 1500 trucks have rates as low as 3.29% for 72 months or $4,000 in rebates. Like Jeeps but need a truck? All Gladiators are 10% off MSRP. The October savings continue in small and mid-sized SUVs with 10% off non-L Jeep Grand Cherokees and 10% off most Jeep Renegades. Don't miss these great deals this month at Jason Pilger CDJR, home of the lifetime powertrain warranty at no cost to you. One of the challenges of being a homeowner is finding someone you can trust for all the little things that can go wrong. But here on the Alabama Gulf Coast, Bachelor Service is the trusted name for HVAC generators and now plumbing repair. Their plumbing team can take care of any job, from a clogged drain or leaky faucet to installing a new high-efficiency tankless water heater. Bachelor's is service worth remembering. HVAC generators and now plumbing repair. Learn more at bachelorservice.com. Certification 177. In this market, you'll find Fisher Investments is different than other money managers. Different how? Aren't we all just looking for the hottest stocks? Nope. We use diversified strategies to position our clients' portfolios for their long-term goals. You don't just provide cookie-cutter portfolios? No. We tailor our clients' portfolios to their goals and needs. But you still sell investments that generate high commissions for you, right? No, we don't sell commission-based products. We're a fiduciary, the highest standard of care for a financial advisor. It means we're obligated to act in our client's best interest. So when do you make more money? Only when your clients make more money? Yep, we have one transparent management fee structured, so we do better when our clients do better. Sounds like you really look out for your clients. We do, because our priority is helping them achieve a comfortable retirement. That might be why most of our clients come from other money managers. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. This is WNSP Outdoors, live on 105.5 FM and on the Sound of Mobile app. Now, let's head back outdoors with Alan White. All right, Hall Sausage and Wholesale Meats, located in Chickasaw, Alabama, wants to give away a five-pound pork sausage variety pack. We'll take the third caller, 694-1055. Our producer, Michael, just tried some of this Hall Sausage the other day. And uh, he, he just raved about it. So it's really good stuff. If you go to the grocery store, pick up a pack of Hall sausage. We've been talking to Kendall Bush, and he is the soil ninja. We've been talking about soil in uh, food plots and how to improve those food plots, basically, and how to do it. And Kendall, I, I wanted to talk to you real 
a little bit about the no-till process. What happens to soil when you disc it about 10 times? Like most people are recreational discers. (laughs) They love to get that soil just black and pretty and it looks good. But what are they doing to their soil when they do that? Well, number one, they're destroying their soil structure and everything. Um, You know, after you disc it up and you get a handful of it, it looks like cake flour. Mm -hmm. You have no structure whatsoever. Uh, You lose the ability um, to to have a soil that's aerated and also it's it's moisture holding uh, capabilities and all. Uh, That's what your your structure does and all. Um, You know, speaking of that, people, structure, people think that if they disc it, it's going to be more air and it's going to grow good, but... As soon as it rains, it packs like a hard pancake. Absolutely. And there's yep. no air in it. Um, yeah. And the other thing, you know, is uh, when they disc it, uh, any residue you have from the previous crop or whatever, you, you're you're burning up your organic matter. You know? uh, and actually, most of your organic matter in the soil comes from the roots of those previous systems as they, yep. as they decay. Mm-hmm. That's how you build organic matter is through roots. Uh, yeah. you, I mean, you get a little bit from surface applied or, or surface residue, but your biggest change comes from those roots and all. The roots um, of the plants, the roots of the plants is what I've learned, does all your tillage for you. And the tops yeah. of the plants is your mulch for the next crop. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the other thing is, is when you turn all that, all that residue off the top, all your thatch or mulch, um, it allows your soil to dry out, and mm-hmm. every time you work the soil, you, you lose moisture and you know, all through evaporation, and it, it dries out. But then um, if you've got that, that thatch layer on the top, you're holding moisture in. You're actually keeping the, the temperature down and everything, um, so it insulates uh, your soil. Um, I've got places that um, I posted a picture the other day. I went out there where I planted uh, and I use a Ferminator planter and all, mm-hmm. um, kind of an all-in-one deal. It's not a true drill, but right. it, it's a planter. Um, disc, cedar, and cultipack are all-in-one. Mm-hmm. But And when I do it, uh, I use very little angle in the disc and all, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the middle setting on that if I'm planting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I, I probably don't let them go in the ground. Those disc blades, maybe an inch, exactly. just enough to light scratch that top and everything. That's what uh, I've started so doing, too. You know, yeah. uh, uh, lightly tillage, uh, I can't go no-till yet. I'm not there right. yet. I don't have a, a drill, and uh, I don't have a, a, a crimper, but there's ways to do it. And uh, lightly yeah. t- light tillage is, you know, I disc very lightly. Uh, through the mulch, I leave a lot of mulch on the ground. So, uh, and that's that's why my food plots are doing good in a drought. Absolutely, yeah. All, all, everything I've planted uh, has got a good green cast to it, and everything. Uh, actually, I'm looking at one right now. Um, I would decide I'd take my lunch today under a big old shade with a big old post oak and all. But um, you know, I see green out there. Mm-hmm. You know not totally on the map the, the mulch layer because i had such a thick heavy layer right but when i pulled it back today uh somebody said man that uh that surface you've got uh it has that um it has that appearance of chocolate cake you know mm-hmm. i mean it's it's dark it's crumbly um 
thing about it, it's taken, you know, two or three years to build that up on this. So you got that good, thick, organic residue on top. Well, yeah. probably in an hour what it took three years to build. Michael, I want to ask you to make sure that your radio is turned off. We're getting a little echo. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's that's the reason our, our plots are looking green. And, I mean, we'll see, but there's two more weeks of dry weather coming, so we'll see. Well, I hope so. If we heavy morning, it'll kind of keep that grass alive. Um, you know, um, I, I've actually dug down a couple places looking. Overseas are just, you know, they've, they've germinated, but they're not really doing a whole lot yet. I've been... I'll go check my field occasionally um, and look to see what those small doing. Cereal grain, you know, they're up, you know, three, four inches tall, and, you know, they're okay. Mm-hmm. But they're not showing any drought stress yet. But uh, we, we definitely need a rain for sure. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I'm getting something out of this, and you and I talked about this earlier, Alan, that, and and it sounds exactly like what Kendall's saying. It's so easy. The people that are kind of you use the word disc happy, they're burying their seeds too deep, mm-hmm. and they're not only hurting the plot they're trying to plant this year, but they're hurting their soil in the long run. Mm-hmm. So. And we talked about seed mixes a little bit today, and um, you know a lot of seed mixes include large seeds right in the same bag as a little old tiny clover seed or even a turnip seed. That's true. And that you can't do that. You know, it's not going to be successful. One seed needs to be covered an inch deep, and the other one is, needs to be put on the surface and stepped on, <laughs> basically. <laughs> you know, uh, so those those seed mixes, you got to be careful what you're buying. What I like to do is buy uh, wheat and oats and, you know, stuff like that, and then overseed after it. After it's planted, just overseed with my clover or turnips or whatever else. Yeah. You still there, Kendall? Yes, I am. Okay, we, we're having some technical issues. We could barely hear you. Barely hear some... you. Got a bad connection or something? I don't know. Fading out pretty bad. Yeah. Hey, let me, let me try something different. I'm gonna move. Oh, that sounds spot. that sounds right. better. Yeah, if you're in a building with a tin roof, <laughs> I found yeah, out that I, don't work. Yeah, yeah, I found out. Or out a metal myself. building. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you much better now. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, but yeah, I was talking about the the, the seed mixes and everything, like that blend that that you asked me about earlier. Yeah. And I don't remember the exact percentages, but it was close to seventy five percent wheat. Mm-hmm. Um. There was a little bit of oats around um, around 20% on the oats and all. Then there was like 4% of um, winter peas and 1% clover and all. Well, you got to realize, I mean, that's a half a pound of clover seed on in a 50-pound bag. Yeah. And that's, that is um, – then on winter peas, it, um, that's two pounds. So, Benny, if you planted, uh, you know, two bags of the acre of that, you're getting one pound of clover and four pounds of winter peas per acre. Mm-hmm. You're not, especially the winter peas, 
because they're so attracted to the deer, you're never going to see them in your plot. <laughs> no. Because, I mean, it's, I mean, so those kind of mixes are, uh, I hope they come in a camouflage bag with a deer on the front because they need to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of those kind of bags, uh, you get that kind of mix. You got to really be careful and know what you're looking at when you're buying seeds. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. Kendall, let me ask the you. I'm thing. a I'm a fan of clover myself, and uh, if you got too much grass seed, it'll kind of crowd out your clover. Isn't that right? Yes, right. Um, or just, I mean, and really though, I mean, you can, you know. You can you can put too much clover out, you know. I've actually I've overseed before. It's a lot easier with brassicas to be too heavy on them, but I don't plant a lot of brassicas. I'm still fighting in several fields uh, wild turnips from way back when. Huh. Um, back, back when we bought uh, bulk seed by the drum uh, from fields that, that were not sprayed, so we had a world of turnips. We're still fighting them in places. Hmm. Is turnips um, uh, wild turnips bad? Yeah, I always wait too late to spray them. Is wild problem? So wild turnips are not good wildlife food. Nah, they. <laughs> a lot of times, if they get a real hard freeze on, the deer leave them a little bit, but usually they uh -huh. don't touch them. At all. Okay. Okay. Um, but now those are the the wild mustard or wild turnip. Um, you you know you drive a lot of fields, uh, especially field borders and everything uh, in Baldwin County. You know. Uh, South Monroe, whatever, you'll see them growing on the edge of fields and even some fields probably in late January, early February. That was yellow blooms out there. And those things are awful. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they are prolific. Uh, they're hard to get rid of. But um, but now you can, I mean, I say that, you know, I never think about spraying them till the end of hunting season and I see mm -hmm. the yellow blooms starting to pop up. Right. I should have sprayed them turnips. <laughs> yeah. But, um, mm. you know, November, December, um, you know, depending on, 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 like, this year will probably be December when they need to be sprayed because everything's going to be running behind. Well, I but, wish we had, um, I, I wish, I wish we had another hour to talk to you, man. Uh, I really am interested. Well, we're in, done. All right. We're, we're almost done. Yeah. yeah. We, I hear the music. All so. right. Well, I appreciate it, man. Kendall, right. I appreciate you coming on, and I am going to ask you back again if that's okay. That'll be fine, yeah. And just encourage everybody, go to my KB64 Outdoors yeah. Facebook page, yeah. and you can see a lot of examples of what I'm talking about. All right, KB64, that's the Facebook page. Thank you so much, buddy. Yeah. All right. All right, thanks, Alan. See you. Okay, bye-bye. All right, that's going to do it for this week. In the meantime, until next Thursday at noon, I hope you take time to get outside and enjoy God's creation.